Shalom Yudim, Shalom Noach, Shalom Goyim. It's the evening of the fourth day. Ev Kaf Gimel, B'chodesh Av, Baal Shaz Ki Savo, Tavshin Pe Gimel, 5783. The evening of the third day, Tuesday, 29 August 2023, listening to Phantom Nation, the third in the latest series of six podcasts generously sponsored by Floridians for Israel Institute at gmail.com on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com, coming to you from Judea, what some Israelis of Jewish extraction call, if you can believe it, the West Bank. Top story today, the head of the GSS, a.k.a. the Shin Bet, uh, Ronen Bao, reported a halt in the capture of homicidal Muslims in Judea and Samaria because there's no more room in the prisons for them. And Minister Ben Gvir says he will not release minor security offenders to make room for them. This is the same Ben Gvir who wanted to make the prisoners less comfortable, make them suffer, thinking perhaps this will make wanting to go to jail less attractive. In all these recent IDF raids into Junin to capture these wild asses of men with no conscience when it comes to machine-gunning Jewish families in their cars, Israel is using its soldiers as more or less a police force, raiding a tough neighborhood to arrest individual gang members, Bad guys with names and records that the IDF knows. And that's the problem. They are soldiers, but soldiers throughout history are trained to kill enemy soldiers anonymously. They don't know the names of their targets. And this peculiarity is a direct product of Israel's wounded national identity. Now, here's another item in the news today, which at first glance seems to be completely unrelated to this one. Uh, Aruchel reports that Hebrew University is offering scholarships of 8,000 shekels a month for five years, uh, uh, offering it to, now fasten your seatbelts, quote, Palestinian citizens living in the occupied Palestinian territories, including the West Bank and the Gaza Strip, close quote. This is from an official Hebrew U document. First of all, there are no Palestinians uh, anywhere. Uh, there is no Palestinian state, and therefore no citizens. For sure, there's absolutely nothing Palestinian as well about these people that the document has in mind, absolutely nothing commonly identified as markers of a national identity, a unique, unique language, a unique religion or religious sect, a, a cuisine, clothing, etc. And what Hebrew calls the occupied Palestinian territories is surely a violation of the United Nations Charter that keeps alive the Palestine Mandate of 1922 that awarded these hills to the Jews. You know, at Adolf Hitler's command of Maximov Zicho, when he rose to power in the 1930s, he said that all Jews uh, had to re-register with the Ministry of the Interior by adding the first name of either Abraham or Sarah. For example, a Jew with the name of, say, Gunther Schmidt was renamed Abraham Gunter Schmidt on all his official documents so that he would be known as a Jew. Uh, and then in the death camp at Auschwitz, new arrivals had their names obliterated altogether and suffered the branding like an animal with a serial number uh, burnt into their forearms like diseased cattle about to be uh, put down for the disease. Today, the very name of Judea uh, the origin of the words Jew, Jews, Judaism, uh, is getting a similar treatment. <laughs> it's been replaced by West Bank. And when staffers at Hebrew U refer to Judea and Samaria as the West Bank, 
They have become like zombies, hypnotized into exterminating the source of their own identity. So what is the connection to the first news item? Of the 100% capacity in Israeli prisons of so-called security prisoners? 9,000 of them I heard once. Uh, they're also called Palestinian terrorists, meaning they are all individual criminals because Israelis have been duped into thinking they belong, uh, these men, to a stateless nation that much of the world insists is the victim of the Zionist Jews who took their country away from them when you call them Palestinians. It's a lie. Official Israel supports day in and day out. There's nothing Palestinian about these people, and they are not individual anti-social criminals within a population official Israel commonly calls, quote, innocent Palestinian civilians. But are they really innocent? Uh, were the ordinary Germans who in World War II were killed in the bombing raids, uh, who had harmed no Jews, were they innocent? Uh, not the ones who attended those torchlit rallies, uh, enthusiastically hiling their Führer, they may not have killed anybody, but they certainly were applauding the killing. Worse, the public opinion polls in Judea and Samaria among the enemy, who was never called the enemy by official Israel, these polls show overwhelming support for murdering Jews at random, regardless of age, sex, or condition. That is a quote, by the way, from Thomas Jefferson's Declaration of Independence, describing the brutality of the American Indians who were murdering Americans during the American Revolution with the support of the English. Uh, the patron saint of American liberalism, Thomas Jefferson, called them the merciless Indian savages, whose known rule of warfare is an undistinguished destruction of all ages, sexes, and conditions, which I think is a good definition, hundreds of years later, uh, for contemporary barbaric Muslim terrorism. In a word, Israel does not see the Arabs in Judea and Samaria as an enemy people, deserving of no more mercy and pity than the U.S. and the U.K. in World War II uh, showed millions of Germans, non-combatants, in the cities. The U.S. Army Air Corps and the RAF were bombing, and they bombed people who never killed anyone. The Germans murdered a third of the Jewish nation, but they also lost 15% of their own. Eight million Germans were killed in that war, and you can bet not eight million had done any harm to anybody. Versus Israel, whose first imitation European University, Hebrew U, is handing out scholarships to these Arabs who in their clear majority applaud the murder of Jews at random, applaud the shattering of hearts in families suddenly minus a parent, a child, a brother, a sister, a wife. In this news brief on Hebrew U, offering scholarships to the enemy, one cannot imagine... Even one such scholarship offered by any American or British university during World War II to any German student. And it's no coincidence that the university refers to the historical name at the root of Jewish identity as the Palestinian territories. And even if there had been uh, in history a semblance of a Palestinian community in these hills, this would still not change the fact that these goyim in Judea and Samaria are completely open and honest in expressing their ultimate goal which is not a state in the West Bank, but the complete destruction of Jewish independence, God forbid, and the return of the surviving Jews to an oppressed and humiliated uh, state of being a minority under Muslim tyranny. 
In some, Israel's virtually willful refusal to see the enemy for who the enemy is, and the impossibility of living in peace with them in Judea and Samaria without Israel clearly and firmly asserting that all the land is Jewish property and Israel has the right to evict enemies living on it. And because Israel has never done that, it has no more room in its prisons for new security prisoners. If I were in charge, I would actually empty these prisons of thousands, those without blood on their hands. I would open the gates and let them pass out of the prison into buses that would carry them to the Golan Heights, where, with the clothes on their backs, no money, uh, they would be driven through the boundary into Syria and told, goodbye, you're never coming back. Those with blood on their hands and deserving of the death penalty uh, should be executed at some point. Uh, the Holy Torah calls for that. Then again, modern man, they think they're a lot smarter than God when it comes to what's ethical. Then again, official Israel does not identify with the Holy Torah. Its secular founding fathers thought they knew better than God.
And that was Daniel Javier. And now for yet another news item in the spirit of the previous two items, uh, a Jewish NGO here has appealed to the post-Jewish high court to compel the Israeli government, compel the police and the Jerusalem government to stop the Jordanian waqf that administers our Temple Mount from dumping garbage on ground holy to the Jewish people within the area of the Temple Mount. It's called the Israel Israel, which should not surprise because this is the, only the latest chapter really among countless incidents concerning our Temple Mount and the abuse Muslims subject it to. In Muslim times, Muslim men were known to use the Western Wall as a public urinal. In 1929, the three-day pogrom that has slaughtered some 140 Jews nationwide was ignited by the Grand Mufti lying about the Jews, allegedly setting fire to Al-Aqsa, the mosque. In the year 2000, Ariel Sharon walked by that same Al-Aqsa mosque, igniting what the Muslims called the Al-Aqsa Intifada that the Israelis call the Second Intifada, which is more evidence of Israel's denial. It is the victim of a, an Islamic holy war. They much prefer seeing Palestinian terrorists to Muslim terrorists. That year as well, in 2000, uh, the Prime Minister of Israel at the time, an atheistic socialist named Ehud Barak, did nothing when the Muslims carted off thousands of tons of soil from our Temple Mount that uh, Barak's predecessor as IDF chief in 1967, the atheist Moshe Dayan, handed back to the Muslims. This is the same Ehud Barak who, at Chatham House in London, advertised his plan to destroy, overthrow the Israeli government without a scintilla of self-awareness that he was describing a treasonous crime. And now, that is yesterday, this same Ehud Barak, on his uh, X, that is Twitter social media account, supported the idea that the current Prime Minister of Israel was, quote, mentally unfit to run the country, and he likened him to Adolf Hitler. Surely this is all psychological projection. It is Ehud Barak was mentally unhinged with uh, Hitlerian or Napoleonic delusions of grandeur as the Messiah who would then save the country after Netanyahu has been brought down. Uh, Ehud Barak, like his fellow Barak, Aharon Barak, is surely as ignorant as he of Jewish thought, beliefs, and history. As that uh, former Chief Justice of the High Court of this nominally Jewish state, there's something of a nation off its axis when its leaders are so opposed to the national identity uh, that has sustained this people for thousands of years as no other people in human history have survived. There is something cosmically stupid in throwing out one's authentic Jewish identity when it has been proven to be a fountain of youth the path to national, if not individual, immortality. Ehud Barak is behind what Otsma Yudit M.K. and retired Brigadier General Tzvika Fokel has said of Ehud Barak, that he has organized a mutiny, and for that he should be sitting in prison, and separately for expressing the perfectly human emotion of wanting to see Hawara, where Jews have repeatedly been murdered, Demolished by the IDF, he has been under investigation. For what? For inciting terrorism. For wanting to see the IDF do what the Jews did, which was set fire to the place. 
Yesterday, he bitterly spoke of the police investigation of him for that, quote, I was questioned for six hours for saying that the IDF should do what the Jews did in Huara, close quote. And Israelis, like uh, his police interrogators, have obviously never heard of William Tecumseh Sherman, General Sherman's march through Georgia in the American Civil War and the burning of Atlanta. Uh, they seem to have heard as well of the bombing of German cities by the Allies. As uh, William Tecumseh Sherman himself said, war is hell. Sherman's march destroyed everything in its path and a great swath across the state. And likewise, the bombing of German cities and the incinerating of Hiroshima and Nagasaki all were intended to end the hell of war. But of course, in politically correct post-religious Israel, it's, it's forbidden to think of the Muslims in Judea and Samaria as the enemy to whom we owe nothing, including scholarships to Hebrew. This is as sick as Israel's daily supplies of necessities into the Gaza Strip, where the Muslims there fire rockets at us. Because Israel's Jewish identity is so damaged, it cannot see the enemy for who he is, and he's not a Palestinian. Peter Herzl, in his first book, outlined the concrete steps needed to launch uh, a project to reclaim the desert uh, Jewish homeland. And he had that. It reads like a stock-offering prospectus. Versus the Arabs, who have never produced even one visionary outline for a future Palestinian state. And that's because these barbaric Muslims remain largely tribal. They don't think nationally. And this is why so many of their states are failed states. Like Libya. That's another top story in Israel today. The revelation that our foreign minister met in secret, the foreign ministress of the western half of Libya, and now fighting a civil war since 2011, since Gaddafi's assassination, when the country split in two, and to which I say, so what else is new? I've lost track of the times in Yemen in my lifetime when North and South united, but then broke apart and fought. As they are doing at this very moment, it remains a country at war with itself, one side backed by Sunni Saudis next door, and the other side backed by Shiite Iran. So what else is new? It seems that on Sunday, there was a secret meeting in Rome between Israeli Foreign Minister Eli Cohen and Libya's Foreign Ministress Najda Mangush, who, when the meeting was leaked, was so terrified by the reaction of many, she fled the country. Uh, since then, she's been suspended. The government seems to be denying uh, there was any kind of a meeting. It was a they gave out a fictitious version of what went on. Uh, she was meeting with the Italian foreign minister. It's all rather confusing. Uh, she refused, uh, she said, to meet with any Israeli. And in any case, quote, she represented the uncompromising stance and did not re re retract her position regarding the Palestinian issue, close quote. I'm frankly getting a little annoyed with Mr. Netanyahu, who's using the fantasy of the Saudis and others joining the Messianic Abraham Accords, uh, doing it to uh, distract from his uh, tourists with Ehud Barak and his mobs and mutinous military officers. For official Israel, their dream is all the Arab states will join the Abraham Accords leading to normal commercial relations, and therefore no one will want war when those are thriving. And it is a fantasy on Bibi's part because the Saudis and now these Western Libyans uh, are adamant that peace, normal relations, comes 
after the ancient ones have taken over Judea and Samaria and made Jerusalem their capital. This is a position that is 100% religious. It's not political. Islam must rule in the heart of the Jews' promised land, they believe, as further proof that the Jews lost their special covenant with Allah, who gave it to the followers of Muhammad, the last and greatest prophet of them all. Pianist David Gerwitz. 
and you're listening to the program program on phantomnation.com. Yes, uh, official secular Israel's dream is to have normal relations with all the Arab states, and therefore there will be no more wars, which dream, however, does not remove the crime of stealing Palestine from the Palestinians, which will remain an open sore, toxic, until Israel fights to slay that dragon of there being such a people with political rights. The problem with these post-religious Israelis is their lack of any understanding of the hatred of Jews, which has always been religious and not political. Making it political was the brainstorm of the famous atheist theoretician of politics, Dr. Dr. Joseph Balin, Ph.D., and in a way, even though he inhabits the far left of the political spectrum, even the right-wing Mr. Netanyahu frames our conflict in political terms and categories. His second book, A Place Among the Nations, its English title, encapsulates his Zionist philosophy, not to be a people that dwells alone but has a place among the nations. What this approach uh, fails to include is an understanding, any understanding, of why in the Council of Nations, a.k.a. the United Nations, Israel is, in fact, a people that dwells very much alone, receiving treatment no other nation among its 193 member states receives. And I wonder what the Prime Minister makes of his own welcome statement today of a change in Sweden's policy toward Israel that he made in a meeting with a group of Swedish MPs in his office in Jerusalem. Though the news brief was absent any concrete change in policy, what was reported was the support these visiting parliamentarians expressed for moving Sweden's embassy to Jerusalem. How widespread is that approach in Parliament and government, the report did not say. One imagines, however, that there is a change in Sweden from reflexive anti-Israelism to support for Israel thanks to what has happened to Sweden in recent years. Thanks to their own ignorance of Islam, they have flooded their country with Muslims who are as hostile to native Swedish culture as their Muslim soulmates in France and Belgium, England, etc. Giulio Maiotti uh, just published a list of cities and towns in England and the percentage of Muslims in them. And the demographic prediction is that in another generation, the majority of people in England will not look like uh, the white Christian forebears of yore there. They will become the whites a minority in their own country. And one imagines a similar nightmare in Sweden. Uh, for Sweden's Swedes who think about such uh, projections, uh, this particular news brief of a change in policy toward Israel may be a result of that. Uh, it's reasonable to assume that there are still some patriotic Swedes who now look to Israel for help and how to deal with Islam, though apart from some police and GSS techniques and tactics uh, that Israel uses, uh, I see uh, is even Israel needs to improve its perception and understanding of just who the enemy is and what drives him. Islam, I've said before, is the successor to Lenin's erstwhile Soviet communist dream of the Comintern, the international conquest of the entire globe by communism, to be administered for sure by Moscow, and the National Socialist German dream of world conquest, Heute Deutschland, morgen die ganze Welt, today Germany, tomorrow the whole world, 
All three of these ideologies are fueled by a cosmic hatred of us. Islam is the great menace in our time that Israel's post-religious elite does not see, cannot see, will not see, for it destroys the secular Zionist fantasy of becoming a normal, non-religious state with a place among the nations, a vision shared by both the secular left and the secular right. A nation like all others is what both sides want, in which religion plays no role. Trouble is, the only eternal and authentic Jewish identity is the religious one. Destroy that identity and there's nothing left.
And that was Yehuda Glantz. Okay, this has been the third of six Phantom Nation podcasts. The title is well of a book of the same name. More than one reader has called it the best book ever on the war against Israel by Islam, currently camouflaged as the putatively primeval Palestinian people about whom there is nothing Palestinian. These podcasts are generously sponsored by Floridians 4, numeral 4, Israel Institute at gmail.com, who hold rallies at the Miami-Dade College Kendall Campus, on Tuesdays, uh, to check the date for the next one, uh, use their email, Floridians4, that's a numeral, Floridians4, Israel Institute at Gmail. The Institute is also looking for a part-time librarian for their collection of books on Israel. I'll be back next Wednesday, God willing, uh, for the fourth podcast in this series. Until then, have a good week. I'm Shai Bentecoa. <laughs>